Welcome to Millennial 731. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. I awoke to an Instagram post from Dunkin' Donuts this morning. They said pumpkin season starts August 18th. That's two days from now. And I know we kind of revisit this every year. (laughs) And every year it gets earlier. And this must be the earliest ever. Did I hear a no from you, Laura? Yes, it's too early. It's still so fucking hot right now. Fall flavors do not fit at this time of year. I'm sorry. Right. Also, on the pumpkin spice trend, I got to say, I know that I've had a reputation on this show over the years of being a big fan of pumpkin spice. I feel like I'm starting to like it less because every year I feel like pumpkin spice drinks get sweeter and sweeter. And Mm. I really hate like sugary sweet things where I can like literally taste the syrup, (laughs) like the consistency of the syrup. I hate it. I just want it to stop. I'm going to start doing what Pam does and just do like the cold brew with like two pumps. pump. Yeah. A pump or two of the pumpkin. And that's Mm -hmm. it because I'm tired of it. (laughs) Yes, please come over to my side. It's really great here. You can ask for a milk customization and that's free, which is nice. You'll save some money. There we go. I feel like I could I could feasibly start pumpkin spice season on September 1st because the thing is, is that it's still hot here through, you know, September, October, parts of November. And I feel Mm. like I have to I have to get it in a little bit earlier. But yeah, August is is a no go for me, too. Do you think pumpkin season is starting earlier this year because of the pandemic? Dunkin Donuts is like. People are sad. They want something to look forward to. Let's surprise everybody with an early start to the season. I think they want us to believe that, but I think that they just want to make some extra money. Yeah, but like if you make it available for a longer period, doesn't that make it less attractive? Like part of the appeal is that it is a limited time. And before you know it, it's going to be like six months out of the year. It's they're they're like promoting it. I don't know. I think they're driving this into the ground. Yeah, I guess you're well, I don't know about Duncan, but technically I think you can get pumpkin spice in Starbucks through um, whenever their holiday beverages stop. Yep. Okay. Yeah, usually. So you could you could have pumpkin spice in December and then like probably on New Year's Day. And usually I've found at Starbucks that if they just happen to have enough ingredients left, they'll keep serving it for as long as they have supplies. <laughs> they will. They will. I've never been into the pumpkin stuff, to be honest. It's just hot or cold coffee for me year round. Um, But I'm happy for anybody who gets really excited. I just love that they kind of like one up to Starbucks. And now it'll be interesting to see when will Starbucks start promoting their. You know, I, I, I don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure that the Starbucks date was meant to start later. So it'll be interesting if all of a sudden they go, surprise, we were joking. It's actually starting on <laughs> August 18th. Yeah, got to compete. What were we calling Laura last year? Wasn't there a song, PSL Bitch or something like that? Yeah, I think you played it a couple years ago. It was yeah. like, I thought I thought it was a dude saying, but it was like PSL, PSL. PSL. I don't remember da, da, the rest da, da, of the PSL. <laughs> so something else I wanted to talk about here at the top are Disney adults Have you two heard this phrase before? Oh, yes. I feel like it's being talked about more than ever. And I see a lot of hate around it. And it's reached the point where I was like, I got to talk about this on the show. So Disney adults 
are really big fans of Disney theme parks and the movies. It seems to be mainly the theme park enthusiasts who get labeled Disney adults. Some people will say that Disney adults are the ones who are totally insane, like absolutely diehard. But the thing is, they get attacked online. And I don't get it because these people are just trying to enjoy an escape from reality. But if you do a Google search for Disney adults, The number one result is an article with a headline that says, Disney adults are the most terrifying people on the planet and they need to be stopped. Really? And then this is a reason I wanted to bring this up today. I keep seeing tweets about Disney adults. I saw this one, 100% convinced that no Disney adult has ever been vaccinated. Or um, this other one from Barstool Sports, Disney obsessed adults are a different breed. That's vaccination one makes no sense because 100% Disney adults want to be vaccinated so they can get back to enjoying the magic. Yeah. Yeah. I really sense some hate here, some genuine hate, some genuine disturbance from people who look at people who are Disney enthusiasts and are uh, just see them as children. Do you know what really pisses me off, though, about people being, you know, unnecessarily mean for two adults for liking Disney, but also just like in general, unnecessarily mean to people for liking literally anything is that mm. very often it's um, men, not to generalize, but very often it's men, you know, generalizing uh, things that women like or predominantly mm-hmm. uh, female um, identifying humans enjoy. But the thing is, like, when you really think about it, nobody ever gets pissed off about people being really diehard sports fans. And that's basically the same thing. It's a it's adults playing a child's game. Yeah. And nobody ever like has any hot takes that go viral about how like adult sports fans are the most terrifying people on the planet because it's so normalized. But at the end of the day, like sports is still kind of operating like a fandom. Yeah. So just like let people like what they like. If it doesn't hurt you, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I never understand this. I'm like, oh, so you hate these people because they like things. (laughs) Okay. Like I just and the headline of that article you shared, Andrew, it's like they're a problem. They need to be stopped. I'm like, as long as we've got y'all Qaeda over here trying to overthrow the Capitol. (laughs) Like I feel like (laughs) incendiary headlines like that are just not necessary leave people alone yeah i don't consider myself a disney adult i'm a really big fan of a number of disney properties so obviously i pay for disney plus i watch all the marvel stuff all the time and i get a kick out of it i love a lot of the content disney produces and even so, I'm not going to look at somebody who's more into Disney than I am and be like, oh, like, right. you right. like Disney? Like, fuck off. Yeah. I would not call myself a Disney adult. I don't know if it's because of all the attacks on Disney adults that I've seen. Obviously, I'm a big Disney fan. I enjoy going to the Disney parks. I like the Disney movies, etc. But I don't think I'm at that level, that diehard level that some other people are. And I also don't judge people at that level. Would you consider yourself a Disney adult, Pam? I don't think so. Um, I because like you, I really I love a good day at Disneyland, especially in during the holiday season. Like, that's so Mm -hmm. much fun. But but I don't think I feel like Disney adult is even like, you know, um, setting aside the derogatory connotation that this label has. It's usually people that 
kind of like live and breathe the thing. Um, I, I would I don't think it's like necessarily part of my identity the way like some other things that I enjoy might be yeah. considered part of my identity. But yeah, like I love catching the latest Disney movie in theaters or, you know, going to the parks a couple times a year on a normal year. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, it's a fun escape. The parks are great for people of every single age. I really don't understand how some people don't like the theme parks. And that like, was yeah, the, the lines can suck, but the whole point, right? The the whole point of Disneyland was to to make a place where adults could also enjoy instead of having to, you know, sit on the right, sidelines right, for and people watch. of all ages. Yeah. Right. And to this day, it's very much a locals park. It's mm-hmm. not just the kids going in, it's the yeah. adults who just want to break from the week. It's really bizarre. I will say I do have a couple now <laughs> there's been a couple instances where I'm not fans of Disney adults. Uh I've expressed my dislike for Disney bounding, but also and I had this thought the latest Earth Day, uh, which I guess was, uh, let's see, that was back in April. I saw two Disney fans in my Instagram feed post a picture of the big tree in Animal Kingdom for Earth Day. And they said, you know, happy Earth Day, blah, 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 blah. Isn't that a fake tree? That is a fake tree. Earth was bulldozed for that tree to be built. <laughs> Why are you posting a photo of that tree on Earth Day? People have to chill when it comes to that. Otherwise, I have no hate around Disney adults. I just next year I'm going to tweet that. I'm going to be like Disney fans, please do not tweet a photo of that fake tree for Earth Day. Earth was destroyed for that tree. Animals died for that tree. I I really like this comment by the way in the Discord by Tracy E. And uh, they write, I have seen this mentality in many fandom spaces, though, sadly, it's this idea that you should grow out of fandom by the time you're in your 30s. And mm. it, I mean, that's very true, but it, it's kind of like, well, you know, all these young people that think they're just going to stop enjoying things when they turn a certain age. It must be like a very sad existence to think that you're not going to, you know, like the same things that you liked or yeah. that you're not going to have any passion for anything other than like your work. <laughs> and you know what? Admittedly, when we were younger, we may have thought we wouldn't be fans of Harry Potter today. We wouldn't be fans of Disney today. But now that we are older, we're realizing, oh, these interests actually don't fade away after all. And maybe they still will in another 10 years. Yeah. But- I mean, honestly, we grew up and we were like, oh, man, being an adult sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter is much better than this. And Space Mountain <laughs> is much better than A Bills. huge silver lining is that, you know, as an adult, you have money. And sometimes that means that you have expendable income and you get to do all the things that you weren't able to do when you were a kid. And you had to right. rely on your parents to pay for that stuff. So this trip to Disney, mom can't tell you you can't have that ice cream because you're buying it yourself. Right. If you want to eat like 10 corn dogs as a Disney adult, you can do that. <laughs> if yeah. you want to buy all the Mickey Mouse ears, you can do that, too. Right. Right. It also reminds me, like, people people who criticize Disney adults are also the same people who have, like, genuinely bad habits, like smoking cigarettes or something else. It's like, you know, I don't go and pick apart your life, so please don't pick apart mine. Leave me alone. Let me live. Please and thank you. I am a little afraid of Harry Potter adults starting to get a lot of hate. You see that criticism from time to time, to be sure. But Has it started already? 
on TikTok, I mean, yeah. Oh, actually, oh, really? yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gen oh, no. Z, like, I don't poking know. fun I about c- how Hogwarts houses are part of people's identities yeah, or something, right? Yeah, I kind of feel like oh, right. it's, it's more, I don't know, more of an enjoyable roast. Like, I don't particularly care if um, a group of teenagers wants to, like, punch up <laughs> the next generation um, and make fun of some of the things that we're into because they're into some, you know, stuff that maybe I wouldn't consider um, to be a valuable use of my time. That's okay. I don't have to do that. Um, so I, I just kind of tend to laugh at that thing. I love the joke about like millennials will be so passionate about their Hogwarts house when they can't afford a real one. <laughs> <laughs> so, some of the jokes are real good. They are yeah. good. good. They are good. <laughs> It's like that trend where the the person's crying and they're like, listen, it's a good joke, a really good joke, but I'm going to need you to stop. Yeah. (laughs) James said in the Discord, and I bring this up because I saw one of our listeners bring it up on our Instagram too. There is a difference between being an adult who likes Disney and being a Disney adult trademark, so to speak. I still don't judge anyone for being the latter. And I think the bar for what's defined as a let's make fun of them Disney adult is being lowered as the meme gets stronger. That's the problem. We're getting to the point where people are made fun of simply for wearing a Mickey shirt in a Disney theme park. Like, that's where things are headed, if they're not there already. This is just what people like, so let them live. That's what it comes down to. Just like, you know, don't be mean to kids. Be nice to the employees because they're all making minimum wage and mm-hmm. and it's fine. You know, well, Mm -hmm. speaking of Disney, I'm wondering if anyone has watched What If, the new Marvel show. I watched a little bit because I saw you had this note in here. Um, The animation's beautiful. So you tried. Yeah. The animation is gorgeous. Yeah, that was a pleasant surprise. I also saw part of the episode. (laughs) Not not because of this. I I started it and then I I didn't finish it. I completely forgot. Okay. So definitely like a a bonus recommendation for the week for y'all, for everyone at home. Uh, Don't sleep on this show. It's super interesting. The first episode asked the question, what if uh, Agent Carter took the super soldier serum instead of Steve Rogers? Um, So she becomes the super soldier. She becomes Captain Carter. And it's incredibly empowering from a female perspective. Um, but the writing is also really good, and they're, um, it, it kind of feels like it's a love story to diehard Marvel fans because there are just so many little Easter eggs going on in the show, and it leaves you at a point where you're like kind of hungry for more, and you can see how the rest of the series is going to like really flip our expectations because they're not hesitating to do some weird shit. So it's fun. I've really, really enjoyed it. And it's like 30 minutes. So it's an easy watch. I also really love that they they brought the MCU actors in to voice the roles. Yeah. Which is huge. Like, I I don't I I don't know why I thought this, but I just kind of figured that they would get other people to do it. But it's really great that they came back. Yeah. And like quite a few of them, too, even for like minor character roles and stuff, which is really great to see. Even Chadwick Boseman in an upcoming episode, I think. He recorded yeah. before. Oh, really? Passed. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be a big deal. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. 
yeah, I'm going to watch it too. You know, we're going to talk about an adult cartoon a little later. I'll, I'll classify this as a bit of an adult cartoon. Like, I enjoy cartoons for adults. Me too. Just because, you know, it's some nice eye candy from looking at humans. Gross in real yeah. life. Are you Ugh. a Rick and Morty fan, Andrew? No, I know everybody raves about that. Ugh, Are you too? Oh, yeah. I love it. It's okay. so good. <laughs> no, I haven't been able to get into that one. Um, or like Big Mouth. I've heard really good things about Big Mouth too on um, Netflix. Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big Mouth, I've heard, is disgusting. I tried it for like five. You know who loves it? Micah over at MuggleCast. <laughs> you I can feel see like he why. He watches almost dirty. everything, doesn't he? He watches everything. What was yeah. that show for teens that everybody was obsessed with a couple years ago? 13 Reasons Why. 13 Reasons Why. He was like, I'm watching 13 Reasons Why. Oh, I'm like, God. Micah, isn't that show for 12 year olds? <laughs> uh oh, here I go. Shaming people for loving. No, I mean I I won't <laughs> shame anyone for whatever my perception of age appropriate television is. Um, I just I couldn't get through that show. It was really hard to watch for me. Oh, it's a pretty dark topic, right? Yeah, That's... exactly. Yeah, so. I I couldn't get through the second season. Like I had to fast forward through certain parts. So I get it. Really quickly, we wanted to bring up that uh, there was a huge update in the Britney Spears conservatorship case since we've been covering that off and on on the show. Um, Her dad has officially announced that he will step down as her conservator, which is a huge win for Britney Spears. Um, One thing that you should keep in mind about this, though, is that there's no real timeline for this because the official documentation says that he'll step down when the time is right. And, you know, it's still kind of a long road ahead for Britney, potentially, because as we know from her own testimonial, which uh, hit the Internet a couple of months ago, what she would really like is to be removed from conservatorship altogether. But the jury's still out on whether or not she'll get what she really wants or if somebody else will be named as her conservator in the meantime. Either way, Team Brittany is considering this a major victory. And I believe that the next court case is set to take place sometime next month. So we'll see what happens between now and then and see what happens after. Yeah, definitely some big news. I was very surprised. It seemingly came out of the blue. He just, you know, filed this statement with the court. What do you think, Pam? The pressure was too great. He couldn't handle the heat anymore. I think so. I mean, like it was a lot of bad publicity for him specifically. I thought that his statement or the statement that his team put out was really strongly worded. Um, I don't know if you read through some of the highlights for that, but he made it a point to, or whoever wrote it made it a point to say that like, Nobody on the public side of things knows the real story. And if they only knew how yeah. much Britney needed, then maybe they would be thanking him for everything that he's done to get her on her feet again. Um, I know that they say there's always two sides to every story, but I think that we're never really going to know like either way. Yeah. So I, I do definitely think that the public perception was really weighing on him and also on her family at large. Because she really kind of went after all of them. Yeah, as can be the case sometimes, the truth might lie somewhere in the middle. They both might be telling some truths. No matter what, I do still feel like Britney does, she doesn't have any good people around her right now, it seems, in any regard. And 
I look forward to seeing her attempt to surround herself with people who are really going to look out for her because nobody obviously can do it alone. She's going to need a lot of good help. All right. Well, we'll be moving on to pop culture in a moment. But first, I wanted to share a quick word about our first sponsor of the week, Way. I'll be honest, after some traveling and unpacking lots of boxes over the last few days, my hair is in need of a refresh. I've been using dry shampoo like my life depended on it, but I know I can turn to my way clarifying detox shampoo and that it will neutralize my hair of product buildup, oil, dirt, and hard water without stripping moisture away. Since I dye my hair vibrant colors like blue, purple, and green, I'm always very careful about trying new shampoos to ensure they won't fade my hair too quickly. I can confirm that Way's Clarifying Detox Shampoo is great for all hair types, including color, chemical, or keratin-treated hair. Pam, you've been using the Clarifying Detox Shampoo for a few months now. How is it treating your hair? Oh, it my hair looks so great. I know you guys can't see it on camera, but Laura saw it before we turned the cameras off so she can attest to this. Yes. I do not dye my hair, but I do follow the curly girl method because my hair is pretty wavy naturally. And so I just really love that Oa shampoo was able to just seamlessly slot into my normal hair care routine. And it's really important for me to remove the buildup uh, at least once a month, if not more. And it smells amazing, right? Like It smells so, so good. Way was created by celebrity hairstylist Jen Atkin to create the first socially connected hair care brand. Explore their full collection of cruelty, sulfate, and paraben-free hair care, body, and fragrance products. When you're ready to undo some damage, hit the reset button with the Way Detox Shampoo. Go to theway.com and use code M-I-L-L for 15% off your entire purchase. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code M-I-L-L for 15% off your entire order. I wanted to briefly mention this new trailer and the show, Impeachment American Crime Story. Did you two hear about this yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, it sounds like you two are excited. I'm glad I brought it up then. So this show and uh, predecessor, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story, they offer compelling looks at major stories that we millennials may not be old enough to remember. I don't know if this was Ryan Murphy and company's intention, but that's why I loved the OJ show so much and why I'm looking forward to the impeachment show so much. And by the way, of course, if you don't know what this covers, it, it covers the Monica Lewinsky scandal. I learned a lot from the American Crime Story OJ series because we were all so young. Like, yeah. I, I just wasn't following that at all. So I was like watching it like I, you know, it was all new information to me. But I found it very shocking. And now I'm greatly looking forward to this new impeachment series me too i feel like with um uh the oj the people versus oj simpson series i feel like i had less of a frame of reference for that because that happened when we were a bit younger like i definitely remembered the howard stern listener calling into brian williams show thing that happened because my parents were cracking up about it at the time uh-huh. Um, but I just didn't know a ton about the case and it was, um, super informative. The cast was great. Of course, there's some cast in it that's also an American horror story. So you'll see some crossover there. 
Um, the Ryan really Murphy looking regulars. F- yeah, I'm really looking forward to the impeachment season because while we were still pretty young when that happened, I think because of how engaged we are with politics, that's a story that we already know a lot more about. So it's going to be interesting to see how they present it. And I believe Monica Lewinsky is a producer on the show, right? She is an executive producer and a consultant as well. Uh, Yeah. Amazing. Wait. Do we know actually if this one is based on a book? Because I know the OJ one. Oh, it is. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I am pumped. Because the OJ one was based on the Jeffrey Tubin book before he got Loki canceled for masturbating on a Zoom you know call. what this one is also based on a Jeffrey Tubin book I believe oh well, man yeah and yet this guy returned to CNN he didn't need to he's making all the money off these TV shows yeah so that is premiering in early September so do check that out when that returns that's uh, September 7th so my recommendation this week is in preparation for impeachment American crime story watch the People versus O.J. Simpson American Crime Story. And then the new installment of American Crime Story premieres September 7th on FX. Something that a lot of people are not excited about, though, is this new HBO Max animated series that's definitely geared towards adults as well. It's called The Prince. And in case you have not heard about what this is, it is an animated comedy that centers on Britain's royal family. Um, So they serve as the main focus of this. And it takes a satirical approach about imagining what's going on in terms of the inner workings of the royal family. And it's mostly told through the eyes of Prince George. Uh, It takes a lot of liberties with its portrayal of the royals. Of course, it would have to because, you know, they're very particular about what they show to the public. Um, So I guess you could make an argument for the portrayals of quite a few characters on the show. But what people are really kind of up in arms about is how it's portraying Prince George, who is only eight years old. Um, You can see this as well in the official trailer for the show as well. So no need to watch the pilot if that's not your thing. But basically, he's just portrayed as completely spoiled and entitled, a bit of a tyrant. And he also frets over his weight uh, while he harbors ill will towards his siblings. The creator of the show is a person named Gary Janetti, who keeps insisting that everything is meant with affection and that critics should embrace the representation for the parody that it is. But a bit of a side note here is that he has definitely, you know, made some unsavory comments towards Prince George in particular in the past. So a lot of people have been bringing that up as well. And uh, he's not the only one that's kind of getting slammed for this show. Uh, Game of Thrones star Sophie Turner voices Princess Charlotte in this, and she's been catching some heat for her involvement as well, specifically because she recently had a baby with Joe Jonas and she slammed the paparazzi for invading the child's privacy. Uh, She wrote on Instagram that she was sickened and disgusted and was respectfully asking everybody to stop following them around. Uh, So people are kind of talking about how, you know, why is it okay for you to you know, take this role as Princess Charlotte, who's also a child and deserves some kind of modicum of privacy. But, you know, you're over here slamming the paparazzi for not giving your child privacy. Uh, Orlando Bloom is also catching heat because he has famously become buddies with Prince Harry, 
their neighbors, but he's also voicing Prince Harry on this show. So that's kind of interesting. Um, But really why I wanted to bring this up is I wanted to ask you guys if you feel as though children should be off limits in terms of comedy or in terms of, you know, shows like this. I'm actually surprised there's been so much backlash around this because I did watch an episode of this prior to recording, but reading through your notes earlier in the week, I thought, you know, this description of the prince, of Prince George, sounded like a Stewie from Family Guy. And sure enough, when you watch the show, that's exactly what they're going for. A crude, witty, little baby. And he even sounds like Stewie, too. So to me, this is just a lame Family Guy ripoff. The the episode I watched, it was only 13 minutes, so at least there's that. It wasn't very good. I mean, the first episode is about him getting unfollowed by, what's her name from the morning show? Uh, Kelly Ripa. Like, that's the plot. Being unfollowed by Kelly Ripa. Like, who cares? It was so random. And there was also a message at the beginning of the episode. I don't know if they're at the beginning of future episodes as well, but it says this is just a parody. Don't take it too seriously. So because it is a comedy that's just trying and failing to be funny, I I don't think we should get too bothered by the fact that they are parodying a child. Yeah, it seems weird to me that, uh, and I haven't seen it, but it seems weird to me that they... um did this parody and they're actually using like real family names. I feel like something like this might be more passable for people if it was a family that was meant to resemble the royal family, but didn't actually share names with them. But then, of course, it wouldn't probably get as much fanfare. Right. Right. That's probably why people are people are paying attention. Yeah, exactly. I was definitely thinking the same thing and I thought it was. You know, obviously, they have to do something to get people interested in watching, especially because this is on a streaming network that you have to pay for. But I also thought that it was pretty ballsy of them to to just like go all in and, you know, um, keep all the the real names the same instead of just creating a, a different family altogether. Yeah. Did you watch? I only watched some clips on YouTube. Okay. But I, I mean, like, I understand why people are a little bit upset about it. Okay. I don't think it's going to be enough to, you know, get it pulled. Because at the end of the day, it's still no. publicity for HBO Max. So Right. And they probably spent a lot of money on this. This probably has a, this has a pretty big cast. It does. There's one moment, I think I heard the Queen right. She says, somebody, she screams, somebody top me. I think that's what she said. Top me. That's <laughs> in fuck me. Like <laughs> it was really out of left field. She's very vulgar on the show. It it was it was so stupid at points that I had to roll my eyes. It won't get renewed, y'all. So at least there's that. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I'll say, and I see a couple of folks um in our Discord echoing this. Mariah brought it up in James too. Um, you know, I just think about the impact on these small children if they were to see themselves portrayed in this way might not be the greatest. I mean, they're little little kids don't understand satire. Yeah, yeah. I get that, but 
but aren't they protected from being shown this? Like Prince George isn't going to load up HBO Max and watch this. Not Maybe right when now, he's like 30. But, but someday he, yeah. he could. And that's yeah. what a lot of people have been pointing out as well. I, but it's comedy. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel as strongly as other people do about this. Yeah, I feel like it, it definitely can get into some gray area. I mean, I know for some examples that have happened recently, like I know on SNL, there were some pretty brutal jokes made about Baron Trump. And I thought those were pretty inappropriate because he didn't ask for any of this. That I agree and, with. Yeah. yeah. And I, I kind of feel... The same about the royal children at the same time. It sounds like at least the idea behind this show is to be a parody of the overall institution. And it's portraying characters that just so happen to be present within that institution. So I, I feel like that might be what's making it a little bit of a gray area. Not to mention it being a cartoon, too, right? I mean, if it was a little kid pretending to be Prince George George, and this was a live action show, I could see how that might be more hurtful. But I think the fact that it is a cartoon makes it much more of a parody and encourages you to not take it as seriously. It's just like, look at Marvel's What If? It's kind of the same thing. They only did that. They only showed these alternate realities because it is a cartoon. It's not an apples to apples comparison. Yeah, but... I was going to say, those aren't real people. <laughs> yeah, I know. But still, they did what if because it's a cartoon and people take it less seriously. All right. Well, nobody agrees with me on that point. <laughs> <laughs> that's an argument that's a huge gray area, but I guess I kind of see where you're getting, you're coming from in terms of I'm like saying your cartoons. You can get away with more in cartoons. People you take definitely, it less yeah. seriously. I mean, I guess that's... it's at the end of the day, it's no different like to play devil's advocate. It's so different than the Simpsons, you know, uh, having yes. real person cameos on there. And a lot of times they're unsavory representations as well. So yeah, yeah. I guess the Simpsons has just had a few decades to like build up the rapport. Right. Also, yeah. it's like in South yeah. Park too, it's so quick that, yeah. you know, you miss it. But then you think about like an actual series, like six to 10 episodes of a season all devoted to slamming you know, a child, and then it kind of feels uh, in poor taste, perhaps. The whole show is making fun of the whole royal family. I mean, it's pretty offensive all around. I see why people are more disturbed by them attacking Prince George. But again, I think this is just such a maybe purposefully dumb show that HBO Max and the creators thought it would be okay. Yeah, it sounds pretty dumb. Like I said, it won't get renewed. I'm sure not. Well, we'll turn to politics in a moment, but I first wanted to share an update from our second sponsor of the week, Talkspace. With so much uncertainty in the world, it can feel daunting and overwhelming to return to feeling some level of normalcy. If you're feeling overwhelmed by it all, you're not alone. It's important to find the support you need to face those feelings and move forward. In fact, 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health, including yours truly. I had a lot of anxiety around last year's election and the subsequent days of waiting for an outcome to be declared, and I decided at that time to reach out to a therapist on Talkspace to ask for support, and I'm really glad I did. It was really nice to speak to a neutral party who was able to affirm my feelings and give me space to get them off my chest. 
And Talkspace makes it easy to match with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions from the comfort of your device. You can start messaging your therapist the same day you sign up. Talkspace works around your schedule at your convenience. Send and receive unlimited messages with your therapist in-app and schedule live video sessions from anywhere. Start feeling better with a single message. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code M-I-L-L. That's $100 off when you use code M-I-L-L at Talkspace.com. All right. Turning to politics now, we're going to start with a couple updates on COVID. I saw this study. I thought it was really nice to read. 92% of LGBTQ plus adults in America have received at least one COVID shot, which makes me think that gay bars are the safest spaces in America right now. (laughs) It's funny you say that because um, while I was traveling, I had a whirlwind like less than 24 hours in New York City. And I was there with Mark and his sister. And I realized the hotel we were staying at was just a few blocks south of uh, Flaming Saddles, which is a great bar. Andrew, I think you and I went there together once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So much fun. And I was like, why don't we just walk up there and check it out? Like, see what the vibe is, see what's going on. We get to the door. They've got the door closed. There's a bouncer sitting in front of it. And he just <laughs> looks at us and goes, IDs and Vax cards. Oh, my God. And that I, is so great. I was like, this is fucking awesome. And we all had our <laughs> Vax cards on us. So we were able to get admitted. But there was a group of girls who walked up behind us. And when they heard that... They were like, oh, like, we did get vaccinated. We just don't have our cards on us. And he was like, do you have a picture of them or something? And they didn't. So he was like, well, sorry, you're not coming in. And Uh, it was really nice to walk into a space knowing that everyone in there was vaccinated. It made me feel so much more comfortable. We had a great time. Yeah. Oh, I, good. Laura, do you rem- this was a couple of years ago now, so if you don't, it's okay. Do you remember that bar we went to when you came to San Francisco? We met of up for dinner. Of course I do. So Our red I went, wine bar. Yes. Aww. So I went I went there um around my birthday and they were also asking to see vaccination proof. Yes. And I was just like, I knew I loved you guys, but now I love you more. <laughs> Look at my card. It's fantastic. It. <laughs> and it was great. Like, I felt so much better about moving around in that space. Right? Mm-hmm. So That's I'm so actually good. going into Manhattan tomorrow and to see Bruce on Broadway. And they are requiring the Vax cards, of course. But also, we're going to go to a restaurant beforehand. And I cannot wait to 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 be asked to show my vaccination card. I know. I'm going to have that same feeling that you did. I've been Listen, I've been carrying mine and Mark's. Uh, laminated copies of our cards around <laughs> in my wallet for months, waiting for the day when somebody would, ask me, somebody please ask me, <laughs> ask me to the ball, please, the Vax ball. Oh man, I was so prepared. Is this the free laminated copy you got from Office Max? It is. <laughs> I should have done that. I didn't. So I just have the real one chilling in my wallet, but I should make a copy and put that in there instead. I brought the real one as well. I also took a photo just in case I lose it, unfortunately. And we're not talking about this today, or at least we weren't planning to. 
there have been a lot of fake vaccination cards popping up. And that makes me really sad because unfortunately, these cards, if you look at them, and I'm sure most people have seen them by now, they are very easy to duplicate. It's a simple black and white postcard. Right. If only we were able to print cards that were hard to duplicate. Man. Though I know the city of New York has like an app, right? Mm-hmm. So that helps. They do. Yeah. yeah I guess it's... they could look you up on there if you didn't. Like like the California also has a site where you can get a digital copy, but I hear that so many people have been trying to get their digital copies that it's just kept breaking down. So I don't mind carrying the real one, but mm-hmm. you lose your wallet. I guess you're kind of SOL. I just think it's so dumb. Like people are paying for fake vaccination cards. Yeah. They're literally free. <laughs> Go and get so a are shot. The shots. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, we were talking about this at dinner today, too. It's like people will put anything in their body, you know, soda, horrible fast food, all kinds of things. But they won't get the vaccination because that's bad for them. But that double cheeseburger from McDonald's isn't okay. Right. I mean, Diet Coke is literally my fuel, y'all. So <laughs> I like there's no excuse. And I know that that's a pretty average uh, thing for a lot of Americans, including our former president. And I'm just like, do you like I always want to ask people when they say shit like this? I'm like, do you know what's in that Diet Coke you're drinking? <laughs> right. Can you list off all the ingredients right now? OK, no. Go get your shot. Yeah. Laura actually asked for her shot to be mixed with Dr. Dr. Uh, fuck, I screwed it up. Diet Pepsi. Didn't you? Ew. No, oh. Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Sorry. Ugh. This is Georgia, my friend. All right. I'll re- re-record that. This Laura actually country. asked for her. <laughs> Coke country. Yes, of course. I forgot. There's been some big news out of California, too, right? Yeah, so last week, uh, my state announced that all teachers and staff in K-12 through public and private schools are going to be required to get vaccinated or undergo weekly COVID-19 testing. Uh, this is also going to apply to school volunteers as well. And the deadline for this is October 15th, which is just around the corner. Uh, this is also coming on the heels of um, a, a another ruling that says that paid and unpaid workers and healthcare facilities out here also have to be vaccinated. Uh, They have until September 30th to do that. And that one applies to anybody who provides services or works in hospitals, nursing facilities, psychiatric, psychiatric, psychiatric hospitals, uh, clinics, doctors, offices, and also dialysis centers and uh, substance abuse treatment centers as well. So this is really big news. Not everybody is happy about it, obviously. Over the weekend, there was a protest that broke out out in L.A. at their city hall, and somebody was actually stabbed during this, and people were out there protesting the mandatory vaccinations for certain professions, which is kind of absolutely ridiculous that that, that that's, you know, kind of the hill Um, Some people have chosen to die on because obviously, you know, there are reasonable exceptions. But for most people that are eligible, should really be a no brainer. Definitely. And we're seeing these outbursts across the country, too, as some other schools start requiring masks or vaccinations. 
Um, but this is really great to see from California. And like I mentioned a week or two ago, there's some nice momentum right now with a lot of different businesses and schools and whatnot requiring either masks or vaccinations. And I don't know. Do you guys see a lot of backlash around this? Like, I know it's out there for sure. And Pam, of course, just touched on it. But the backlash doesn't seem to be enough to stop the momentum. Have we reached critical mass in terms of people wanting to get vaccinated, believing in vaccinations? You know, know, it's funny you say that. My mom told me that when she was at the store the other day, I just remember this when you brought it up. She said that there was a line all the way from the pharmacy, like wrapped around the store of people waiting to be vaccinated, which is a first for this part of the country (laughs) to see something like that. Nice. Um, So I think maybe with a combination of private companies placing pressure, certain states putting pressure, and even now some conservative politicians getting on board, we might have the momentum to push through this. But I don't know. Fall is creeping up on us really quickly. And we know the Delta variant is going to be a shit show in the fall. So it just depends on if we move quickly enough. Yeah, my my stepmom is a nurse. And for fun, she's also a flight attendant. And she said that she's come across people in both professions, both that are working and also as, you know, patients and or flyers that don't want to get vaccinated for one reason or another. And when we were talking about this, she specifically brought up the misinformation that has been circling around uh, vaccines for, you know, ever since basically they were being developed and also when they were um, starting to be administered. And so she was saying that she spends a lot of her free time just asking people what they've heard and then refuting it in the hopes that they will go and get vaxxed because it just like needs to be done for it to be over. And it's just really selfish that some people don't see reason. Yeah, I know. Speaking of that, Andrew, I saw an article that reported that our home states of Georgia and Nevada are among the eight states that are making up 50% of COVID hospitalizations in the United States. Wow. We did it. Stay indoors. I'm I'm honestly nervous about the breakthrough cases Me too. that are out there. I've been thinking about it, doing the math. Like, okay, so efficacy rate on Moderna is like, what, 92% or something? Sorry for being Captain Obvious, but if you're hanging out with more people than you have in the past year, and you continue hanging out with a lot of people during this active pandemic, you still have a 1 in 10 chance of getting COVID. Especially with this highly contagious Delta variant going around, I don't think that's being talked about enough. And sure, the vaccine will definitely help reduce the symptoms you get, and that's amazing. But bottom line is, I think we're going to be seeing many more breakthrough cases than we may have expected. I've definitely seen some breakthrough cases in my circles, and it's been surprising. Yeah, well, this is why we've all made a return to masking, right? Or at least me and Mark have. Like There was a, a solid three weeks there where it was like... Ah, uh, we don't right. we don't have to do this anymore. And then just as soon as we maybe started getting used to not masking again, it was like, oh, time to mask up again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, when I drove out here, I went through some states in the south, of course. And so I'm, I'm in New Jersey right now. I drove cross country and I went through some southern states and there wasn't a mask in sight for yeah. hundreds of miles. Yeah. What What is that world? 
I don't know it, it because it, people have yeah. been wearing them out here. I know. I was looking for gay bars in Arkansas and all that. Couldn't find any. <laughs> Where no safe spaces for me. You're looking You've for gay bars in Arkansas <laughs> <laughs> because of the high vaccination rate amongst the gays. <laughs> I was looking for a safe space. No, but um. And then I went to Podcast Movement in Nashville. Very few masks there as well. And this was only a week and a half ago at this point. And then I got back here and I got a little cold. And I know it's a cold and not COVID because uh, I did get a COVID test. And with the Delta variant, if you get infected with that, apparently your symptoms are going to be cold-like symptoms. So I was like, oh, my God, maybe I got COVID. I don't know. Anyway, got tested. It's not COVID. The point of the story is that when I drive back starting on Thursday, I will be wearing a mask in all places. I wasn't on the way out here, but I will on the way back because I don't want to risk it. And by the way, Pam, did you say your aunt is a flight attendant for fun? Is that what you said a few My minutes ago? My stepmom is a flight step-mom. attendant for fun, in addition for to funsies. being a full-time nurse. Yeah. She doesn't do it for money. She does it for fun. She, well, I mean, she loves the expendable income, but that's part of the fun. Expendable. Oh, my gosh. I need to hear more about this sometime. Maybe in After Dark. Uh, Yeah, she's kind of crazy, but I love her. (laughs) (laughs) For fun. I'm flying. I'm a flight attendant for fun. How many hours does she work there? Well, there's like a a, a base amount of time. I I think that if I remember correctly, you have to give them three consecutive days because it's possible you could have a layover. Three days a week? A month? Yeah, three days a week. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> but the, but the, the thing is, is like the the hours at um at at her nursing job are very long, so it works out. Basically, she's working seven days a week. I'm pretty sure. Oh my god! Yeah, but but wow. flight with flight attending, like sometimes they have you on call, so she doesn't always have to fly. She's just like on call. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. So pivoting to an international view. We have to talk about a story that has been breaking news all over the world. The U.S. is in the process of officially withdrawing its military presence from Afghanistan, marking the end of a two-decade war, the longest war the United States has been involved in. You've probably seen a lot of people on the news and in social media with strong opinions about withdrawing, and that's because it's an incredibly complex, tragic, lose-lose situation. I'm sure we all have opinions we're going to share today, but I'm interested in first looking at this through the lens of being the generation that grew up with this. We're all late 80 babies on the panel, so we were in our early teens when the U.S. invaded Afghanistan, and we came of age during this prolonged conflict So I guess I'll start out by asking, what are y'all's feelings on the end of this war? Oh, man. I still remember where I was. I still remember watching George Bush's Mm -hmm. primetime address to the nation announcing that the attacks had started, the strikes had started. It's hard to put into words what it is. I'm glad we will no longer be there. But this has ended extremely tragically and sloppily. And it's just been really sad to see unfold. Yeah, the, the, the part where I'm conflicted is that the United States is often quick to enter. But but then, you know, I, I, I don't know, I just kind of feel like pulling back. I know that at some point you have to do it, right? 
because you can't just mm-hmm. like leave troops there forever. But at the same time, it leads to very volatile in um, instances. And depending on how long the United States has a presence in these countries and how long troops are there, um, it's it's just like the pulling back is not always the best time in terms of stabilization of these nations. We got a little bit of a taste of that when we pulled out of Iraq. And and obviously, like, again, you, you kind of have to at some point. But it just kind of feels like we don't really leave these nations with more stability than what they had when we got there. And oftentimes it can create um, situations that are potentially worse. And I feel like that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah. I mean, really... <sighs> We entered this war with no clear exit strategy and, you know, four administrations, well, we're on the fourth, have kind of been playing hot potato with this because nobody wants to be the one to deal with it because it is such a clusterfuck and there's just no way that we could withdraw without creating a power vacuum for the Taliban. And that's exactly what we're seeing happen. Um, There is prior conflict in the region that we'd recommend reading up on as a primer. We'll include that in the show notes. Um, But just for the sake of this discussion, much shorter discussion, very high level, um, we'll focus on the Afghanistan conflict that began shortly after the 9-11 attacks. Um, So the U.S. initially invaded Afghanistan with the purpose of toppling the Taliban who were providing sanctuary to al-Qaeda, and they're the terrorist group who facilitated the 9-11 attacks. Um, And there were multiple timetables for withdrawal from Afghanistan (laughs) over the last 20 years that were unsuccessful because of concerns that Afghan officials would be unable to hold off a Taliban resurgence upon our exiting And an agreement was finalized in February of last year um, between President Trump, our former president, uh, so between the U.S. and the Taliban um, that confirmed a full U.S. withdrawal within 14 months. Um, So we're obviously beyond that deadline at this point. That deadline was May 1st of this year. Um, And the Biden administration had confirmed that withdrawal would happen by September of this year. Um, What's really striking to me about this, because we've all seen the footage, it's complete chaos. I mean, if you see the footage from the airport in Kabul, it's um, it's just really hard to describe. I mean, people are literally climbing on jets like on the wings of jets and like begging to be let into planes because they want out because they see that the departure of the United States is granting this re-entry of the Taliban. Um, And I think what's so shocking about it is that the Biden administration and analysts didn't think that the Taliban would overthrow the civilian army this quickly. Like, yeah. we always knew they would, but they didn't think it was going to happen this quickly. It's happened in a matter of days. And one of the embarrassing aspects has been that our allies have been looking at America and being like, how could you not have seen that coming? Why did you think this was going to happen over a more prolonged period? It's a real big embarrassment 
Do you want me to share what Biden said today? Yeah, you certainly can. Yeah, so he addressed the nation on Monday afternoon. He stood by his decision to withdraw, and he noted that there was never going to be a right time to leave. He did admit, to Laura's point, that it did unfold more quickly than they had anticipated. And Biden, his, I thought his speech was very good. I think it'd be very hard to argue with any of it, no matter what side that you're on. And something else that he said was, look, we spent a trillion dollars over there. We built an Afghan military of 300,000. We provided them salaries. We gave them an air force, which the Taliban does not have. We gave them a chance, a chance to provide their future, but we could not provide them a will to fight for that future. That will wasn't there. And that's why the country collapsed so quickly. Yeah. So here's my problem. I will say, first of all, I thought Biden's speech was good. I thought like for a speech, just like objectively, it was a good speech. Um, It was good because it framed the narrative around this conflict as people were either pro withdrawal or anti withdrawal. Right. So he was speaking directly to people who would say we should have stayed in Afghanistan. There's another position that you can hold on this, and it's the position that I personally hold, which is that I agree we needed to leave Afghanistan. We needed to leave Afghanistan a very long time ago, but we needed to make sure that we safely evacuated all of our personnel and all of the Afghan civilians who sided with us and worked with us actively against the Taliban, we needed to prioritize those people's safe departure from the country before we started withdrawing. Now, I know the Trump administration had withdrawn a large majority of troops before Biden even got into office. But priority number one on this issue for the administration should have been evacuating the people who needed to be evacuated. There are Afghan interpreters, people providing on the ground intelligence who sided with us and worked with us during this two decade war who are stuck there. And if they are not protected and removed, they will be slaughtered by the Taliban. That will be their gift for helping the United States. And it's so fucked up. Yeah, it's it's really messed up, too, that like the Washington Post editor had to publish an op-ed today asking the administration to remove journalists safely. You know, and so now this is the priority now trying to get everybody out. But they did this all backwards. So it's going to be a mess for who knows how long. Well, and I think what like it just feels like a policy failure an intelligence failure. I don't know where it starts, but. He said during his address today that in response to those who would ask, why didn't we evacuate people sooner? Because the Afghan government told us not to, that it would cause panic. Mm. And you're telling me that our intelligence couldn't provide any additional context beyond that? You're telling me that we trusted the Taliban to take a longer period of time to destabilize the government? Right. The Taliban isn't slick. Their intentions are very blunt and clear. Mm-hmm. Why were we banking 
on the idea that we would be able to have this orderly withdrawal without consequences for innocent people still stuck under this new administration. I think that the U.S. has a responsibility to let in a shit ton of Afghan refugees, not even just people who served uh, our military and our government, but people whose lives are going to be destroyed by living under a Taliban government. Yeah, I agree with that. This is like probably the first big thing of the Biden administration that I feel like they severely fucked up. Yeah. And that footage that you were describing of uh, these Afghans clinging onto the planes. I mean, there's footage of these people continuing to hold on to the planes as they're hundreds of feet up into the sky and then they fall off and fall to their deaths. That footage is going to be associated with the Biden administration forever. And it also speaks to the level of desperation. Imagine how scared you must be to cling yeah. to the the wing of a plane that's taking off. Right. Are, and run along the plane. And, I mean, what kills me about this, too, is because we can also talk about the optics side of it. You know, Republicans are jumping on this opportunity um, to blame Biden for withdrawing, even though he was following the agreement that their president made last February. <laughs> Yeah, he, he was working within the confines of that. Um, yeah. So they're just I mean, unfortunately, Republicans were going to make hay out of this either way. It was if Biden took our troops out, it was going to be look at how shitty of a job he did, even though he's doing exactly what Trump was going to do. Um, or it would have been, oh, my God, he's leaving our troops in harm's way. So. There was no winning for him on that front. And that's why I feel like this is like it was going to be a lose lose situation no matter what, because us leaving creates that power vacuum. But we could have at least taken the shit sandwich for what it was. But it seems like what they've done is they've taken the shit sandwich and they've taken it apart and they've rubbed it all over everything, making it even shittier. Yeah. So I'm just I'm pretty disgusted. And uh, some footage actually surfaced of Trump just a month ago at one of these rallies he's still doing. And he brags about the fact that the the plan to get out the military has actually been in place for so long that Biden couldn't stop it if he wanted to. Trump and many other Republicans were all for pulling out. Would they have botched it like like Biden has in terms of getting out, you know, our people first and uh, the people of the country first? I don't know. But, you know, and that would be impossible to say. But this was never not going to be messy to some extent. It just seems like this is maybe one of the worst pullouts imaginable. Yeah. Now we're having to send an additional 6,000 troops in to secure the airport in Kabul to now help, uh, as Andrew, you said, do this thing backwards, evacuate people who need to be evacuated. So if we had done this in the right order, we could be in the process of continuing to withdraw the last 2,000 or so troops that we have there, but instead we're sending more in. So before we switch gears and move over to recommendations, this week's episode of Millennial is also sponsored by Public. The thought of investing in the markets can sound like something that's out of reach because you don't know how to even get started, but thanks to Public, it could not be easier. 
On Public.com, you can easily invest with any amount of money with just a few taps on your phone. Public.com will make you feel confident in your investments because the app has a major social component. You can follow people, including Laura and I, to see what we're investing in, and you can see why we're investing in these stocks as well. You can tell others why you're investing in the stocks you choose. You're invited to leave a comment on each investment that you make. I like looking at why people invest in certain stocks because it's great knowing you're not going at these investments alone. What I also love is that Public.com puts stocks together in themed collections so you can easily find the companies who you're already passionate about, like tech, cannabis, the plant-based movement, green energy, all kinds of things. Public.com is the easiest and nicest looking stock app I've used, making it a much more comfortable and down-to-earth investing experience, and we want you to check it out. Use code MILLENNIAL when you download the app to let Public.com know you're coming from Millennial, and you'll get up to $50 in free stock to get started in growing your portfolio. Again, that's code MILLENNIAL for up to $50 in free stock. Valid for U.S. residents 18 and over, subject to account approval, see public.com slash disclosures. This is not investment advice. Laura, Pam, what is coming up in After Dark today on our Patreon? Well, I've got some tea that I'm going to be sharing, and I'm really excited to uh, get some stuff off my chest. I don't know if it's going to be a Rage of the Week that is quite as inspired as the one Pam gave us a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to try. I'm really I was really fired up about this the other day, so I've been excited to share it. And then, Pam, tell us about the frozen honey trend we're going to be hearing about. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the newest uh, trend on TikTok that is making participants uh, literally sick. So stay tuned for that. And we're also going to talk about whether or not we've ever been compelled to uh, try any viral trends that have happened in the past or currently. Laura got mad, so mad about her thing the other day that she texted me about it. You know, it's bad when she texts me about it. At least I think this is what you're referring to. Yeah, it is. All right. That'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial. We save some juicy content for the bonus show uh, to thank you for supporting us. And also because we like knowing it's behind a paywall. We can say what we want and we know who's listening. We actually we do. I really mean this. We check to make sure that the person we're about to talk about isn't a member of the Patreon. Because <laughs> we got to know. You get access to that bonus content. You get access to our live streams. You get ad-free millennial. You get access to our monthly Zoom hangouts if you're a Bay patron. And also at the Bay level, you get access to a new physical gift every year. Every year, All kinds of things. Patreon.com slash millennial. Thank you very much for your support. We really appreciate it, whether you support us on Patreon, if you support us by using the sponsors, or if you support us just by listening. We appreciate everything. All right, time for some recommendations. I recommended American Crime Story, the O.J. Simpson series. Uh, so definitely check that out. Pam, what is your rec? Um, I wanted to recommend investing in a set of packing cubes. I did not realize I was going to bring my stepmom up on this episode, but she did buy me some packing cubes from a company called Travel Pro. And apparently that is the company where all of the flight attendants get their luggage. So <laughs> check that out, I guess, if you want. I'm not sure if it's open to everybody, but it should be. Um, but any packing cubes will do. Um, I just think they're really nifty and you can fit way more clothes when you compress things into your carry-ons so see i've seen these before but i did not realize they compress your clothes that is a game changer yeah yeah because you're now. basically just like 
you know, really packing it all in there. And it's good for organizing, too. So right. I'm too. still shook by your stepmom being a flight attendant for fun. <laughs> that's she, so I, funny. I'm telling you, she's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a job I did three days a week for fun. <laughs> that's, damn. Uh, my recommendation is going to be uh, stainless steel straws with um, silicon tips on them to protect your teeth. I know that's a recommendation Pam has made in the past. And I recently found a 26-piece set at Costco that comes with the silicon tips already attached on each straw. Um, and they come in different sizes. So like some of them are normal sized. Others are big enough that you could drink things like bubble tea with them. Um, they're really, really nice. They're like 20 bucks if you've got a Costco membership. I also looked on Amazon and there are other brands that do a very similar or create a very similar product. Um, so you could probably find something for around the same price there. Before we wrap up the show, a couple of reminders. Make sure you're following the show for free in your favorite podcasting app so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, we would appreciate a review as well. You can contact us by writing directly to millennialshow at gmail.com or by using the contact form or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com. And finally, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Our username is Millennial Show. You can follow us there for show previews and other content. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everyone. Bye.